Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper episode 62 of our 24 minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to leave a review if you'd like. Spotify, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. So, for today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, at the very end USC UCLA. Advancing to the Sweet 16. Don't know when the last time that was when both of them made it to the Sweet 16 was. Also be talking about the Clipper comeback. My goodness, what a game. Can't wait to get into that. But first, I want to get serious for just a little second. Because today was a very sad day in the basketball world. I couldn't believe it. Elgin Baylor, one of the greatest players to ever play basketball. You know, as I said, still in the 60s, about to be done with the 60s. Elgin Baylor was one of the goats of the 60s. One of the goats of basketball. And, you know, my whole life, you know, a lot of people say Elgin Baylor is one of the most underrated players of all time. And for whatever reason, I just never, I never thought so because I live in L.A. So my whole life, I've been around Laker, you know, the folklore and the movies and all the DVDs. And, man, Elgin Baylor is one of those everybody says. And, you know, Dr. J before the doctor and MJ before MJ and the guy that was the first guy to hang in the air. And, you know, not that many games of him exist. Full games, 1963 game six, I've seen it. It's very good. Uh, there's obviously some highlights of the 1962 finals record in which he still holds the highest, the, the finals high of a, for a player, 61 points in game five of the 62 finals against the Celtics. And his hang time, his passing ability, very underrated. I tweeted an insane outlet pass that he had. But, you know, he was... An already established star by the time the Lakers came here to Los Angeles. And he and Jerry West really started the great tradition of the Lakers. Even though the sad part with Elgin Baylor is he never got that elusive ring. You know, 69 and 1970 finals are definitely some of the big blemishes. But at the same time, you know, 1965, after Elgin Baylor's injury in 1965, it wasn't the same. Didn't average 30 points ever again. But... You know, also to be the GM of the Clippers. You know, Elgin Baylor gave me my the, the team that made me fall in love with the Clippers, the 06 Clippers. And, you know, he probably had to put up with some really suspect shit with that scum, slumlord, racist piece of shit, Sterling. So, all in all, and then, you know, it's great that he was immortalized at Staples Center. All in all, one of the greatest to ever do it. Elgin Baylor, rest in peace, man. Very sad. We have too many of these legends going I think, man, ESPN and these people should really start try to give the 60s players, you know, more more coverage, more do something on them because, you know, we don't really have that many of them left, you know. Russell, Jerry West, and just hearing Jerry West talk about it, man, today was so sad, man. Jerry West, that guy really knows how to capture emotion. I, I don't know. There's some things I just haven't, like, some things I have in common with him. He just, he takes defeat so hard and nothing he does is ever enough and, in ways I kind of relate to that, but let's get on to the good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. 
The Clippers and the Hawks. So the Hawks have been red hot. A dime dropper team, of course. Nate McMillan has them turned around. They've been back healthy. What I didn't know tonight, though, was that DeAndre Hunter was going to be back. Where were the... I'm sorry, but I didn't see any Clipper PR that I follow. Uh, or beat writers talking about DeAndre Hunter. That's a significant uh, piece to the game and a piece of the Hawks team. And he came back and I was like, what the hell? But... <laughs> So, you know, playing against, but he came off the bench. You know, Tony Snell has been playing phenomenal basketball since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. He's been lights out from three. and He's given him a lot of versatility on defense. And so we start out the game and we start out very well. I mean, very well. It was sharp on defense. We were hedging and recovering on Trey Young. So Reggie Jackson was putting a good amount of pressure over screens and Zubats. We were doing as great a job as you'd want to try to force Trey as wide as possible, try to keep him out of the middle. And Zubats was doing a really good job of just stunning and, you know, intimidating Trey enough to not try to throw the lob to Capella because one of those things with Zub that we've talked about is his flaw in pick and roll are lob threats. Collins and Capella are lob threats. But we kept Trey out of the middle of the floor. And Trey hasn't been forcing as much with, uh, with McMillan. But I really liked the way we started. You know, our ball movement was good. I thought that Zubats was just awesome. Like, just great. I thought Paul George took it to the basket a couple times. Like, I thought his first quarter was great, Paul George. Like, he was taking it to the basket a couple times. Even when he misses, that attracts two defenders, gets Zubats an opportunity to get offensive rebounds. You know, Kawhi had some really nice passes, some also errant passes in the first half, first quarter. But he had some nice times. Marcus Morris Sr. really got us off to a really good start, knocking down shots. Three balls, jumpers, everything. You know, mid-range. But... All of a sudden, Lou comes in, Batum comes in, and we plummet. Absolutely plummet. Uh, you know, part of, you got to give the Hawks some credit. I mean, they are back. They have a deep team. Bogdanovich, Gallo, and, you know, Gallo finished 2 of 9, but those two shots came in that second quarter, I believe. And I can't help but laugh when Gallo scores because, like, I just love that guy, man. I just love Gallo. You know, I, I, it was funny because with Gallo, I was one of those people, like, out in 2018, I was like, bro, like, I don't know why we, we got this guy. Like, he's so injury prone. Like, I love Gallo. I used to be a huge fan in Denver, but like, he's injury prone. That 2019 season, the resurgence, un, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. If there was a comeback player of the year, you need, like, Gallinari would have won that year, man. Like, I can't think of anything else, but Gallo was unbelievable. And he's just been great since. And he's given the Hawks a great lift since he's been back. And he hit those two shots. I know he cooled down later. But at that time of the game, he was doing well. Bogdanovich was getting the pick and roll. Rondo had a really nice outlet pass to John Collins. And John Collins just continues to be a beast. I mean, he's so active. He's the first to get out in transition. And him and Capella actually offensive rebound. Capella got five offensive rebounds tonight. Collins, two. As a whole, the Hawks got 15 offensive boards to our eight. So, you know, they're active on the glass. And Lou, ball stopper, man. Ball stopper. Turnovers. Missing shots. Batum. Uh, you know, good defense. Great communication. Not knocking down shots. He, that's the one thing that's kind of really tailed off as the season's gone on. But I love, I don't care about the knocking down shots that much. I, I like that he spaces the floor and I like that he communicates and plays defense. We'll get back into Batum in a second. But at the, you know, he wasn't hitting shots, and Lou just pissing me off because he always wants to control the ball because he doesn't do anything off the ball. And honestly, he's not bad because he can shoot off the ball. But I don't know. He seems to want to dominate the ball, and that's when it's like, 
coach, like, why isn't Kennard playing over this man? Like, it's getting ridiculous. But anyway, so we got outscored 34 to 18 in the second. And then, you know, Kawhi comes, comes back in and he starts forcing it. He starts forcing it, really forcing the issue. We missed some good shots around the basket. Paul George, Kawhi, uh, I think it may have been Zoo missed a little jump hook around the basket. Terrence even. Just we weren't hitting shots. We were getting decent ones, and we just weren't hitting shots at the end of the second. And Trey was feeling it. And I just really like the way Trey's been playing um, lately offensively. Like, he's just been so much smarter, more patient, not just running pick and roll every time. He's made some actual passes tonight, and they I saw them running plays to get, uh, to get Capella a low post touch early in that third quarter. Or I know, I'm sorry, it was late in that second quarter, coming off the timeout, I believe. And, you know, Trey started hitting threes getting in the pick and roll, and Zubats, he started getting in the middle of the floor, and Zubats, you know, he doesn't want to overcommit because he knows Capella's going to be there for that lob, so that's when you're in a pickle, and Reggie Jackson, you know, he's not the most, you know, the toughest defender getting over screens. He can try, but he's not long. He's a 6'2 point guard, 6'3 point guard, so Trey was hitting everything, and we were down 15 at the half, so I'm not too concerned at that point. I'm just like, as long as we get just hit shots and play defense, like, this just be a good test of the team. I mean, this is a Hawks team that is in form. I mean, I was not panicking at all because at this point, Clipper fans, you got to realize what we're dealing with here. This team is is good, but we're not that great. I still believe we need, we need a move. Make no mistake about it. I still believe we need a move because the Hawks is, are not going to be close to what the best opposition is if we want to get to the ultimate goal. This, but I will say this. Um... Yeah, sorry, just blanked for a second. But yeah, we need. I still think we need to move. I still think we need to move. But a great. So we get to the third quarter, right? They the Hawks continue to play great. Continue to play great. DeAndre Hunter's hitting contested shots. John Collins is everywhere. Tony Snell's running us off the three point line and hitting floaters. John Collins is hitting floaters, and we keep getting good looks, and none of them are going in. Even Morris Senior, he missed two threes before he made the third, and then Kawhi started missing. And then you know what happens when you don't make those open shots? Confidence gets low. You start getting discouraged, and the communication wasn't as sharp on defense. You know, the foot speed wasn't as sharp. Just a little less effort, a little less alertness. I remember Senior got blown by easily. And then there, uh, I think it was Collins got an N1, blowing by Senior baseline. And then we went down 21. 21 points. Ty Lue calls a timeout. I'm just like, this is insane. Like, we're really getting run off the court. Like, let's see how this game ends, and then I'll make my judgment, and we'll talk about the loss and the recap. What I didn't realize is what Ty Lue had up his sleeve. An old school maneuver, disciplining the prima donnas, taking out the starters, Zoo, Kawhi, PG, who weren't not individually necessarily any of them playing badly like that. I mean, Paul wasn't playing that great, but nothing crazy, not terrible effort, just as a unit, just not that hunger that you want to see. Throws in a lineup of Patrick Patterson, Amir Coffey, Nick Batum, Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. And Luke Kennard, who all of us Clipper fans have been begging to get back in the rotation and play more minutes than Lou, gets into the game. And these guys get to the rim immediately. That's one thing that happened off the bat. They got to the rim immediately, got a couple of stops because we had a pretty versatile lineup. Everybody can kind of switch for the most part. Nah, not really. They were just playing hard. I mean, point blank, you know. A lot of hedging and recovering. That's my favorite type of pick-and-roll defense. Force them sideline, hedge and recover, put pressure on the pass to not let them throw the cross-court pass. 
Patrick Patterson was doing some work, but it really came from a spark on offense. Terrence Mann getting to the rim. Luke Kennard hitting jumpers. Not surprised at all. His first basket was a beautiful take to the rim. It looked like he was going to get blocked, went up on the left side, and he went up with the right hand on the other side. That was a really good, um, really good reverse. So that set the tone. That gave him the confidence. He started hitting shots, hitting jumpers. And then at the end of the quarter, Rondo misses, and Kennard, after coming up from a pull-up three, look off, pull-up three, hits a half-court buzzer beater. I couldn't believe it. And in this stretch, Patrick Patterson, before that, had a put-back dunk. Like, unbelievable. Luke Kennard, the audacity of Coach Ty Lue to pull out his starters. And you know, here's the thing. Clipper Nation knows. I tweeted it. I said, I like it. Some Clipper fans may have thought Ty Lue's lost the plot. It's, it's, this is in sham, we're, in sham, we're in shambles right now. You know, can't do anything. 21-point game, starters out of whack, and whooped by the Hawks. He didn't lose the plot. He took the starters out, disciplining them. Hungry players came in. Amir Coffey, hungry. T- Terrence, oh man, goddamn man. Hungry. Luke Kennard, been getting slighted all season. Don't know why. Hungry. Start of the fourth quarter, Patrick Patterson, pick and pop three. You know, Rondo was doing us some favors, I have to admit, in that second in that second half. One of five for him. Bogdanovich started to cool down. Gallinari, two of nine. Kevin Herter, we did a good job of keeping him at bay. Two points, one of six. This was probably the worst game I've seen Kevin Herter play all season. Like, he usually plays better than this. And, but John Collins, man, he was still hitting some floaters. Like, the thing is, the Hawks didn't just back down. Like, they... You know, they could put it up by seven, put it up by nine. I think eventually Ty put the starters back in when we were down by nine or something like that. Not all the starters, just Kawhi, Paul. It was a Kawhi, Paul, Kennard, Batum, um, T- Terrence lineup so we could switch everything. And so I was thinking, you know, I'm a little nervous because Capella and John Collins feast on the offensive glass. But man... Kawhi and Paul George, especially Kawhi, had such nice rebound, like just the claw, like the long arms just coming out of nowhere. And there was one where he just like had to extend back. I think he may have been with his left hand. Huge rebound, rebound by committee. Terrence Mann fighting for every loose ball. How many rebounds did that man have tonight? 10 rebounds, a double-double, 21 and 10. Come on, son. Come on, man. Let's get it. Dude, Terrence, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't even have to go into specifics because I've been backing Terrence since the glorified summer league. You guys know this. I have the clips. I backed the boy. I backed the kid from Lowell. Anyway, Canard though, just unbelievable. Literally didn't miss. I'm not joking. He didn't actually miss. Eight for eight, four of four from three. He can t- plus 30 plus minus. Holy shit. But. Kawhi, though, came in, big stops. And you know what we did? We put Trey Young in that pick and roll. That is all we did. We put Trey Young in that pick and roll every single time down the floor to end the game. And you know what happened? They can't switch everything on that because they don't want Trey Young guarding Paul George. So Trey Young helps a little bit on Paul George. Terrence Mann rolls. And Terrence Mann's now in a four on three situation. And he has gotten so much more confident getting to the rim that he got what he was getting. That's how he scored 21 points. 
getting to the rim, and then there was a couple moments, made some extra passes, could not hit, but eventually Kawhi, and this is why, the big reason. Kawhi Leonard hitting big threes to end the game. Contested threes. Kobe Bryant-esque threes. And you know why? Because he wasn't tired. Because he didn't have to do too much. Because they took him out for a long stretch where our young players just completely took over the game. And you really have to give Ty Lue credit. You really have to give Ty Lu credit. In my opinion, he was the player of the game. But Luke Kennard, he, I, I need at this point, he needs to be playing, right? Like, is there anything else that needs to be done for him to prove that he has to play? Come on, Ty. That's the one problem I have with Ty Lu. I've been saying it all season. Please play Luke Kennard. I think it's established after tonight. Twenty points, eight of eight, four of four from three, seven rebounds, four assists, a plus thirty. Ivica Zubats didn't actually come in much in the second half after that takeout. He was having a decent game, though. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 5 of 7. Paul George, not great at all. 8 points, 3 of 12, 2 of 7 from 3, but he still played some decent defense for sure. 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 4 turnovers is too many. And Kawhi Leonard... 25 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. I thought he was just great overall. And I'm starting to like the way he's been playing. And just like that, guys, just like I said, for it starts our uh, home stretch started against Charlotte. That's two in a row now. Let's get a streak. It's all about Kawhi and Paul George staying healthy. That's really what it comes down to. Pat Bev is cool and all, but it's all about those two staying healthy. And hopefully now we get more Luke. And Lou didn't play in the second half. No coincidence that we played so well. Lou did not play in the second half. Great win for the Clips. My favorite. My favorite in, I'd say, a year. Over a year. Unbelievable. 28 and 16. The Clippers move on to the next. Atlanta, eight game winning streak snapped. 22 and 21 is their record. They lose 119 to 110. Trey Young, 28 points, 9 of 20, 5 of 11 from three, 5 of 6 from the line, but he got attacked on defense. Five rebounds, eight assists. John Collins, 23.7 boards, 10 of 14 from the field. Clint Capella, 12 points, 14 rebounds, 5 of 9. And yeah, that'll do it. USC and UCLA advancing to the second, um, to the Sweet 16. UCLA with a huge win over Texas. Albany, what in the world? I totally forgot their name, honestly. Totally forgot their name. The Cinderella School beat the brakes off of them. And then USC, huge performance. That zone killed Kansas in the first half. Isaiah Mobley, big performance. USC going to the Sweet 16 for the first time since OJ Mayo and the first time since I remember it. And that's a huge deal, and I'm very ecstatic about it. But it seems like the stream is being awful for the YouTube subscribers. So I'm going to end the uh, the episode now. Let me know what you think. Huge win for the Clippers. Rest in peace, Elgin Baylor, one of the greats. Don't think that we're going to have... No Elgin Baylor content in the future. There will be plenty, trust me. Good night.